0: to start today with a little bit of a quiz. And I know you didn't come to church today to be quizzed, but this is an easy one and a fun one. All you've got to do is do the best that you can to fill in the blank uh, of the phrase that I'm going to say. And I really don't know how to to explain these phrases other than to just call them like grandma-isms. These are phrases that you may have heard your grandma say like a long time ago. Let's see how well we know them. Here's the first one. Don't put the cart before the Horse. horse. Well done. Okay, let's do another one. Don't count your chickens before they've good how about this one too many cooks spoil the okay gravy or broth or food like you get the idea something that's cooking right Uh, don't take any wooden nickels okay they're getting a little harder don't take any wooden nickels last one don't buy a pig in a a poke I had to look up what a poke was does anybody know what a poke is Okay, it's a bag. It's literally what it is. It's just a bag. They're selling pigs in a bag and trying to scam you into getting something a little smaller than a pig, right? A great job. You guys have done well. Here's what's got me thinking, right? In order for these phrases to have actually become phrases, they would have had to happen. Like there would have been someone, some guy who decided today I'm going to put the horses at the back of the cart and let's just see how that goes. Didn't work out so well. Uh, there had to have been an eager farmer who was, who was eagerly anticipating 50 check- chickens, but only got 35. There was definitely a, a team of cooks who were just like, we're going to get the perfect gravy. How many will that take? I don't know. 30 of us. Okay. Well, let's gather around and then it ends up not going well. Uh, there had to have been some sort of pyramid scheme involving wooden nickels back in the day, you don't take those things. And then the pig and the poke, you got to fall for it, right? Many people have fallen for it. And you might have called these people silly, or maybe you've given them the benefit of the doubt for falling for these things, or you would have kept it with your grandma and would have just said what? Ah, bless their heart, right? Listen, we know not to do things Because when we tried to do those things in the past, the results didn't really work out in our favor, right? Uh, Like this is the classic toddler learning the lesson of not touching the hot stove. Like you can try to keep the toddler away as many times as you can, but eventually you're not going to be around and they're going to touch. And what's going to happen after they touch it? They're going to get hurt, but they're never going to touch it again because they've learned in the past and now it changes the way that they're moving forward. And this, of course, in part is a word called reflection. And reflection is really just to intently look at something that's going to reveal something to us that helps us move forward. And you guys know that today is December 31st, 2023. Tomorrow, we start ending those phrases with 2024. And today is a natural day to stop and pause... And to reflect so that we can look forward. And I want to implore you today this. We need to practice the rhythms of reflection regularly. Because believe it or not, the rhythm of reflection, looking back in order to help us move forward, is a very biblical thing to do. Because God knows that there is power in reflection. So with our time today, I just want to give you three things that I want to encourage you to begin reflecting on or to continue reflecting on, but with a little bit more intensity as we move forward into a new year. Here's the first thing. I want to encourage all of us to begin or continue reflecting on the activity of God. Reflecting on the activity of God. And here's what I wrote down in my notes. We do this because in it, he actually reveals his faithfulness to us. So we reflect on the activity of God because he reveals his faithfulness to us through his activity. Our senior pastor, Adam Turner, has always said that the greatest predictor of future performance is past performance. And if God has been faithful before, then we have no reason to doubt that he'll be faithful again. But the question we've got to ask is, how do we know that God has been faithful? And the answer is reflection. God instructed his people in this activity in many different ways. Today, I want to take you to Exodus chapter 12 for just a moment. It'll be up on the screen. If you've got a Bible, feel free to flip there. In Exodus chapter 12, the people of Israel are enslaved by the Egyptians and Moses has already been hard at work as their leader, God's chosen leader, to try and get them out of slavery. He's gone to Pharaoh multiple times, let my people go. And at this point in Exodus chapter 12, nine of the 10 plagues have happened. The last one, not quite yet. And there's a break in the narrative uh, right there where God pulls Moses and Aaron aside and he begins to instruct them in something. I don't Some of those instructions with you. Here's chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. He said, From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice. One animal for each household. Let's stop right there. What is God doing? Well, simple. He is establishing a reflective rhythm for the nation of Israel. And he would go on in this chapter to instruct them to to make sure that the lamb is uh, one year of age and without any blemish. So he's saying, you need to make sure that this lamb is well taken care of. And he says, when it comes time to sacrifice the lamb, I want you to take some of the blood and and spread it around your do-po, uh, doorpost. And then he gives instructions for them on how to cook the lamb and instructions for them on how to eat the lamb. And, and then in verse 14, he, he gives this summary statement. He says to Moses and Aaron again, this is a day to remember. Remember, Each year from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. In other words, what God is saying to Moses and to Aaron and to therefore his people is this, I am gifting to you a yearly reminder that I am for you. Because each year whenever you celebrate this day, you'll remember whenever I passed over the houses of Israel, sparing the firstborn, but did not pass over the houses of Egypt. And you will remember that my activity has led to your freedom. And of course, this isn't the only time that God does this for his people. Actually, not even in this chapter. In verse 17, he instructs them to celebrate the festival of unleavened bread, to remember how it is that God brought them out of the land of Egypt. And in Leviticus chapter 23, he gives them all sorts of stuff. He instructs them to celebrate the feast of first fruits, and the feast of weeks, and the feast of trumpets, and the day of atonement, and the feast of tabernacles. Why does God give all of these rules about celebration? Because God knows That there's power in reflection. And the more that his people reflect on his activity, the more likely they will be to trust his faithfulness as they move forward. Simple. God did not want his people to forget all that he had done for them. And so he gave them reflective rhythms that revealed his faithfulness over and over and over again. And guys, I think, I think like we're kind of good at this too, right? Like if you think about our calendar year, uh, we've got things like uh, celebrations. I mean, April rolls around or March, depending on the year, and we celebrate Easter. And that's a holiday where the whole point is for the church to look back and to reflect on the resurrection of Jesus. And then uh, we come to November and there's Thanksgiving, a day that's set aside to express gratitude to God for all of his blessings. And of course, we're just coming out of one of the most popular seasons of all time, Christmas, Uh, a a moment for us to stop and pause and reflect on the promise that God would send the Messiah and it is fulfilled in Jesus. And so we kind of have moments like this too. Although I do wonder if we often miss the forest for the trees with all of the other added things that go on. But what about the everyday moments in our lives? Like it might be easy to reflect and to remember whenever a, a nativity scene is at the front of the stage and we can begin to think about Jesus, or it might be easy to reflect during a, a, a holiday what about when I wake up in the morning? What about whenever I sit down to eat my lunch? How do we remind ourselves of God's faithfulness reflecting on his activity? Now, you can tell me that this is true for you. They say that every marriage has a couple of different people, like the extrovert and the introvert. Is this true for you guys? Extrovert, introvert, uh, night owl and morning person, right? Night owl, morning person, uh, spender and saver, right? There's a spender and a saver. Uh, In my marriage, truthfully, I am not the spender, okay? I am tight. I am very tight. I'm a saver. But the reason that I am so tight and that I'm the saver, Is because I naturally just kind of tend to get a little bit stressed out about money. But the thing is, I have absolutely no reason to be. Because there's not been a time in my life where God has not revealed his faithfulness in this way. Uh, Whenever I was a kid, 2008, my dad uh, gets laid off. He spends a lot of time unemployed. In that season of life, I never went without a meal. I never had to stop playing a sport, and guys, you know, sports are kind of a, kind of pricey these days, don't you think? Another season of my life, I knew that the Lord was calling me into ministry. Uh, There was a college decision looming, and I felt like He was, He was leading me to go to Ozark Christian College, and one of the things that stressed me out more than anything else was the bill. God, how am I supposed to pay for this? I know that this is from you, but like, what what is, what is going on here when all of a sudden an incredible older lady who grew up, watched me grow up in our church, looked at me and said, I believe in what you are going to do. And I think this is from the Lord. So I'm picking up your bill again and again and again in my life, God's activity has revealed his faithfulness in this way. So here's the question. What has God done in your life? Has he been active in your life? Uh, Here's the answer. Yes, he has. Well, how? Begin to reflect on those things and then begin to celebrate those things, adding them to your calendar, remembering and reflecting on the activity of God so that you know he is faithful. Second thing I want to encourage us all to reflect on a little bit more as a new year approaches is the word of God. Reflect on the word of God. I wrote this down because in it, he actually reveals himself to us. So we reflect on the word of God because God reveals who he is through those words. I want you to think about this. Everything that God thought we needed to know about him, he already told us. Everything the creator of the universe, the sustainer of the universe, who in his wisdom revealed everything we needed to know about him. He did it in his word. And the Bible is this incredible revelation of the character of God. And reflecting on those words are going to help you move forward. I'm drawn to to some of the words of Psalms. Psalm chapter one, verses one through three. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Catch that, the one who reflects on God's word. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And whatever they do prospers. Psalm chapter 119, it's a long one. It's got lots of great verses. Here's a few of them. Verse nine, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? And by living according to your word. Psalm chapter 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Church, I want to ask you a question. It's not a trick question. I want you all to emphatically yell back the answer, which is yes. Do you want to stop sinning? Yes. Yes, I certainly would hope so. The Bible tells you how. Reflect on the word of God so much that it becomes a part of who you are. Uh, We share this research with you all of the time and uh, we don't get tired of it because we think it's so important. There was some uh, research done about those who spent time in God's word and they tracked people and their quality of lives and some different things about their lives based on how long they had spent time in the Bible. And for those who uh, never read the Bible, of course, there was no dramatic change in their life based on uh, God's word. But those who uh, read the Bible once a week not really any change. Those who read the Bible two times a week, not really any change. Those who read the Bible three times a week, not really any change. But what's significant is they tracked and looked at people who read God's word four or more times a week and all of a sudden skyrocket in the amount of change in their life. Four or more times a week, for some reason, that's the key. And what they paid attention to was that a lot of negative things begin to drop and a lot of positive things begin to increase, like like drunkenness lowers by 57%. Unfaithfulness in marriage lowers by 68%. Pornography lowers by 61%. But then positive things, sharing faith with others, 228% higher odds for those who are in God's word four or more times a week. Discipling others, 231% higher odds. Memorizing scripture, 407% higher odds for those that spend time in God's word four or more times a week. Listen, church, we know that it's good to reflect on God's word. You don't need to come to church to know that. We know it's good, but we just don't do it. More research, uh, Pew Research has discovered that a third of Christians, catch this, never read their Bible. Not even once a year do they pick it up. The American Bible Society has discovered that only 39% of Americans are considered to be Bible users. Are you ready for what they call Bible users? Someone who reads it three to four different times in a year. Once a quarter, 39%. The global youth culture has discovered that only 60% of Gen Z, uh, 60% of Gen Z never read the Bible on their own. Listen, church, we know that it's good for us, we just don't do it. Pay attention to this. I love the story of King Josiah. 2 Kings chapter 22. If you've never read this story, you should go read this story later. Uh, Josiah is eight years old whenever he becomes king of Israel. And at this point in Israel's history, like at many points, they have abandoned their relationship and covenant with God. In fact, that very meal, that very celebration that we just looked at in Exodus chapter 12 called Passover, they stopped celebrating it. They were just like, we don't want to do this anymore because they had forgotten and lost God's law. Uh, Some years pass in Josiah's reign, and when he turns 26, they discover God's law, and they read it immediately. And when Josiah hears it, he leads an entire nation in repentance back to what God had called them to be, because they had strayed so far away. Listen to this. They paid no attention to the word of God, and so eventually, they paid no attention to the way of God. They paid no attention to the word of God and eventually they paid no attention to the way of God. Question, does that, does that sound a little bit familiar to you? It does to me. What if, what, what if what's keeping you from living the life you've always wanted to live is just sitting down with the Bible and letting the words of God reveal his character to you. Let's all reflect on the word of God a little bit more in 2024. Third thing, reflect on the grace of God. Reflect on the grace of God. And I wrote this down because just in it, he reveals his love for us. We reflect on the grace of God because he reveals in his grace how much he actually loves us. Grace is an in-your-face reminder that God has accepted you based upon Christ's performance and not because of your own. And if we don't spend time reflecting on the grace of God, then we will naturally be tempted to allow our source of acceptance by God to be our own performance, our own ability, our own effort, our own achievement. And this is why Philippians chapter 3 verse 3 is so important. Paul writes, we rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. He says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8-9, through nine, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Listen, church, we are not saved because of anything that we have done. We are saved because Jesus cried out on the cross, it is done. And if we lose sight of that, then we will likely slide back into religious thinking. I must do in order to receive i must achieve in order to be accepted but that is not the gospel it's not the heart of god john chapter 1 verse 16 speaking of jesus says for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace and that's who god is That's what the gospel is all about. Not that we loved him, but that he loved us first and died for us while we were still sinners. And now through faith, not through efforts or accomplishments, through faith, we are made right with our creator and given the gift of victory. It's his effort, not my own. I love Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, specifically the way that Eugene Peterson summarizes what Jesus says. It's written, are you tired, worn out? Burned out on religion, then come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. So keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Listen, reflecting on the grace of God is all about keeping company with Jesus. And so church, there are three things that I want to encourage you to begin or continue reflecting on more than you ever have this upcoming year. Reflect on God's activity so that you know he's faithful. Reflect on God's word so that you know who he is. Reflect on God's grace so that you know that he loves you. Because if you really, if you really think about it, reflection, reflection in this way is really just centering our lives within the story of God so that we don't wander from the presence of God. Reflection is just centering our lives within the story of God so that we don't wander from the presence of God. One of the prayers that I've had to change in my life recently um, it has been this. I used to pray, God, would you be close? God, this person is going through it right now. Would you be close to them? God, I'm I'm kind of struggling a little bit. I need I need your presence. Would you be close to me? And I've had to change that phrase because it's really theologically inaccurate (laughs) because God is already close. God is already present. And so the prayer that I have started to pray is, God, I know that you are close, so please awaken my attention to your presence. And that's been a game changer. Uh, The power of reflection is all about moving forward with an awareness of God's presence. And if I had a prayer for, for you, for all of us, as we begin this year, it would be just that prayer. Father, would you awaken the attention of the people at Corinth to your presence? And so to wrap up this morning, I just wanna spend some time asking you some helpful questions that will hopefully begin to unlock your imagination on how you can begin to reflect well this upcoming year so that you don't lose sight of God's presence. These questions, you're just gonna have to think about, start to fill in the blanks, start to actually answer them in your mind. And the first one is this, who is it that you want to be? Who do you want to be? Have you ever actually sat down with this question? This is a powerful question. It takes a long time to answer. Who do you want to be? There's a book called Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton. And in it, she writes a lot about this idea of reflection, eventually calls moments of reflection rhythms or rules of life. Listen to what she says about these. She says, Christian tradition has a name for the structure that enables us to say yes to the process of spiritual transformation day in and day out. This structure is called a rule of life. A rule of life seeks to respond to two questions. Who do I want to be? How do I want to live? She writes, actually, it might be more accurate to say that a rule of life seeks to address the interplay between the two questions. How do I want to live so that I can be... Who I want to be. Here's why you have to start with this question. Who do I want to be? Because it begins to help you discover the reflective rhythms that you're going to need to get you there and keep you there. For me, if you fast forward to the end of my life, there are six things that I want to be true of me. That people are able to say about me, this is who I want to be. Someone who knows Jesus. Someone who cherishes my wife, someone who leads my family, someone who serves others, someone who shares faith, and I just want to be someone who enjoys life. And so, since I know who I want to be, I'm doing my best to organize the rhythms of my days and weeks and months to help get me there. You have to start with that question who is it that you want to be? And then you just begin to ask a lot more simple questions like, what are you going to read? What are you going to read? I'm hoping that it's going to be God's word because you need to reflect on it and maybe you need to start like with a plan. Uh, Truthfully, I have never once in my life completed a Bible plan that was like starting in Genesis chapter one and ending in Revelation all the way through. I've never finished a a plan in a year for a chronological order. And so because I know that about myself, I've had to try try to change it up. And so what I've done over the last several years is just print out a, a list of the 66 books of the Bible. And I go for five chapters a day, and I just pick the book that I want to read. That way I can save Leviticus to the end instead of picking that up in February, right? So I just pick what I want to read, five chapters a day, boom, 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 because that's me. That's my personality. That's what I need. Others of you would really thrive with a plan, like my wife. My wife is chronological, following this plan day in, day out, and it's been really helpful for her. The whole point is, what are you going to read, and what's your plan for it? You have to have the plan for it it's not just that maybe what are some other resources that you could pick up that are going to help you grow this year as you begin to reflect the next question you ask is just what are you going to write what are you going to write uh, listen keeping a journal is not the age old dear diary type of stuff okay writing helps us remember Writing helps us focus writing helps us stay present instead of wandering That's why often god says to the prophets. Hey, what i'm about to tell you Write this down So that you don't forget it And so what is it that you're going to write? I want to tell you one of the best things that you could purchase today so that you've got it tomorrow is just a journal And begin to write down what you're feeling. Begin to write down your prayers. Begin to ask yourself questions like, what is a prayer that you have answered recently, God? And fill in the blanks. What is a lesson you have taught me? And fill in the blanks. Who is someone who needs some extra prayer this morning? And fill in the blanks. What is it that I feel the Spirit prompting me to do? And then fill in the blanks and then go do that thing. Writing down helps us anchor our confidence in God's character. And it gives us the assurance that we need that He is with us and that he is for us. Next question, what are you going to pray? What are you going to pray? I think that one of the reasons many of us struggle in prayer is because simply we just don't have a plan for it. This is all about planning. We just don't have a plan for it. And so what is going to be your plan for prayer as you begin to add some of these reflective rhythms to your life? Maybe you need an acronym. Acronyms have always been helpful. I've got three of them I'll share with you. One of them is the word pray. It's praise, repent, ask, yield. God, you are good. God, I am a sinner. God, would you provide? God, even if you don't provide, your will be done and not my own. Pray. Another one is acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, salutation. My favorite is tacos because I'm a youth minister. And our, our middle schoolers love to pray tacos, thanksgiving, adoration, confession, others, self Uh, Personally, every morning I have a list of 17 daily prayer requests that I ask God for. And it's really because I'm very needy. (laughs) But that's the starting point for my conversations with him. You don't have to overcomplicate it, but you do need to think about it. What is your plan for prayer? The last question, maybe the most important, when are you going to do it? When? The biggest hurdle that people face when it comes to reflection is taking the time to do it. We know that it's important to reflect on God's activity, to reflect on his word, to reflect on his grace, but we just don't do it because we're too busy, right? Kids have school at 7.20, which means I've got to get up before 6 to get them dressed and fed and on the way out the door. As soon as I drop them off, I've got to head over to work. I'm at work, just busy, busy, busy till 2.40. Whenever, oh, 2.40, I'm late to pick up the kids from school. So I've got to get them, rush home, get them started on homework, uh, put dinner in the crock pot, get them ready for baseball practice, out the door to baseball practice, there till 9.30, home at 10. Go to bed. Where's the time for reflection? Look, I get it. I know that we're busy. It's tough. But here are two things that I want you to consider First, you always have time for what you prioritize. That excuse, I just don't have the time. Truthfully, I don't buy it because we all have the same amount of time. We just don't prioritize the right things. You always have time for what you prioritize. Uh, Second thing to consider is just this. what What if adding reflection to your life helps you to become who it is that you want to be? Church, this stuff is just too important to let slip away. If we let this slip away, then we might potentially slip away from our awareness of God's presence in our life. Remember, reflection is really just centering our lives within the story of God so that we don't wander from the presence of God. Bottom line, reflecting on the right things reveals the right way. God's activity, God's word, God's grace revealing the right way Life in his presence and I want to challenge you this year add one of these things to reflect on Uh, Maybe you don't really have a habit of reflecting on god's activity. Well, I want to encourage you to pick that up Uh, Maybe you need to pick up a bible plan today so that you can start it tomorrow. You realize this is the most incredible year. January 1st starts on a Monday. That's like so clean and crisp and satisfying to my soul. Like January 1st starts on a Monday. Start a Bible reading plan tomorrow. Maybe you need to remember to reflect on God's grace, keeping company with Jesus daily so that you are reminded that it's not based upon your own efforts that you are able to experience relationship with God. Uh, One of my favorite parts about gathering Uh, with the church on a Sunday is whenever we get to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And we've already done that in this service. And uh, I want you to catch this, the the Passover meal uh, that God desired for his people to celebrate is actually the very same meal and celebration that Jesus and his disciples were eating whenever Jesus gifted us with that new reflective rhythm, the Lord's Supper. And Jesus in that moment, and as we celebrate it now, Jesus is actually bringing all things into completion. And so in Exodus chapter 12, we see that in Israel, there was a lamb that was sacrificed and blood was shed and painted over the doorposts so that God would pass over the people who belonged to him, showing them grace upon grace. And yet in Jesus, there is a lamb who was sacrificed and there was blood that was shed. And when you express your faith in Jesus, you become marked with it. And God shows you grace upon grace, allowing you to experience life in his presence. Friends, God is crazy about you. He wants to bless you he wants to forgive you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to restore you. He wants to reconcile you. He wants to uh, to declare you righteous so that you can begin living in proper relationship, right relationship with him. And if that is not something that you are experiencing today, it's because you haven't taken the step of confession and repentance and baptism and saying, God, I am tired of doing this on my own and I need your efforts and your accomplishments to uh, to wash over me in grace so that I can begin." to experience relationship with you. And if that's not a decision that you've ever made today, I wanna encourage you, man, December 31st, 2023 is the best day to make that decision. It's the best day uh, to make a decision to follow Jesus. And if you want to begin conversations about that, if you want to talk about that, if you, if you are ready to do it, you're just tired of talking and tired of waiting, then, then there are a variety of ways to make that happen today. If you're watching online, I want to invite you to Corinth.cc slash decided. Tell us about what the Lord is doing in your life, and we'll be in touch right away. Uh, to help walk you through this process for others of you in this room You can use corinth.cc slash decided or the connection card where you can come up and see me right after the service Don't waste the moment if the lord is speaking Then you do as he says father. We are grateful for your Activity where in it you've revealed your faithfulness to us over and over again. God, we're grateful for your word Where when we read we we know you God, we're grateful for your grace that reveals you love us. I pray that as we move forward, you would help keep us grounded in reflection so that we don't wander from your presence. And Father, my prayer is that you would awaken us to your presence. Be with us as we go. In Christ's name, amen.